Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bricia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Super Mama Sisterhood. sisterhood. Hello. Happy day. <laughs> how, Happy. Uh, how is everybody doing, Paulina? What's new with you? How is um, school? How's motherhood? How's super mamaing? Shit's What's new? Shit's real, dude. Like every time. Like I feel like, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I, I, I'm going to quit. Sometimes like I was on the phone with a mom earlier. She called me uh-huh. from school and she said, She's like, I'm going to call the principal and tell them I'm going to pull my kids out of school. I'm like, what? Like, what is that? How does that even work? She's like, I can't deal with the homeschooling and, you know, trying to figure everything out. The kids have, I think, I don't know about your son, but my daughters are done. They're fed up. They, I think they, it's getting to them already. Um, they need uh, socializing. I think that they're at this point where they just need, they, they need it. Um, Krista has been, she was so, so restless the whole weekend about, I want to see my friends. I want to talk to my friends. Like, you know, I want to do another Zoom play day, like all the time. And mm-hmm. she, she's, I think it's just, it's just getting to them. You know, it's getting, it's like everybody else. I think everybody's getting cabin fever at this point. We're in this, what did Joanne said? Like the different stages. We're at this stage yeah. where we're just like done with the whole situation. Um, so I gave in this weekend and I I downloaded two apps for her. Um, one was like the Roblox. I don't even like she's been talking about it forever. Uh-huh. And um she can actually she can talk to her friend through it's like a game thing, but also someone suggested this other app that's really good that's called messenger kids um and the parent controls it through a facebook account so when they get a friend request you get it and you can approve if you want it or not so it says for example for example it says i don't know juanita perez uh, controlled by parents dot maria and juan and so if you know maria and juan you're like Mm -hmm. okay they are fine i'll do it you know um, Got it. And so now she has direct communication with mom through her Facebook. They chat. Yeah. Elizabeth told me that she sent her a message and I was like, yeah. kind of hurt that she didn't even ask me for a message. Well, no, she, like, yeah, she, she, she added you, but you, you have, you don't really check your Facebook. I don't think you are on the Facebook messenger. She so. added me as a friend on Facebook. Like she has a Facebook page. No, it's an app. It, it's, it's an app where, like, so for example, you are the parent and you control it. So I can say, it says, who do you want her to talk to? So on my list of friends, I chose mom, dad, Elizabeth, Fernando, me, you. And so through, so she can send you guys messages. Oh, I don't check my Facebook messages. Exactly, exactly. So I, <laughs> I told her, I told them like, well, the reason never checks it. So like, you know. She's like, okay, but you know, so she's the, she, she can text me. I mean, if she like, yeah, but it has to be, it, you get it on your Facebook but, messenger. Right. But is she like on a phone? She's on the iPad. She can send me a message through her iPad. Mm, I don't know, but right. Uh, yes. But so I just, I disconnected that because if she sends, she, she would send you messages through, through the iPad. She would see all my other messages all of them. Oh, she doesn't have her own iCloud account. No, no, she doesn't. Oh, see, Eduardo has his own iCloud account. Oh, no, not yet. She doesn't. So, like, you would get, he has, like, an email and his, like, his iPad is his iPad, so it's his. They're using our iPads. We don't have uh, iPads for that. Got it, got it, got it. So then he can send, like, a direct email or, um, like, he, like, he texts Fernando. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, now she has that that app, so she's talking to people through there. But I think you know, um, I actually gave in, and we also went for a walk yesterday, which was so. Stressful. Oh yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. So how how was that for it's you? Stressful. It's stressful because there's really? three of them, 
and you know you have to put. I mean, I look. Listen, even without the social distancing, I would not want to walk with your three dollars <laughs> and my son. Period. I really think that's a stressful period. Doesn't even matter. Like, yeah, in general, it's so much work to go out and like let's put on a mask and you know there's someone coming. Ah, move to the right. Ah, you know, don't take it off. Don't touch your face. Like, come here. Where are you going? Like, I need you. It's it was too much, and then you have to come and you have to. Do also, things. like, if you're walking with four kids, with three kids, shouldn't the other person coming at you move, and you should just continue? No, people. I mean, there's. It's it's so weird because you're walking. <laughs> just saying, like, if I'm coming, if I'm walking, just why me and someone else, and I see a family of five. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna move. I'm not gonna expect them to move. It's a dance. It's a dance in the street because people are just like, like you know, coming in and out of the street, like swerving. At, you know, people are avoiding each other. I don't know. It was just a little too much. And then the baby wants it, doesn't want to keep the mask on. And yeah, and then, you know, uh, and it's like it's falling. Ah! And then they're running, and it's just I'm just like, no, let's go home. Let's go home. Let's just be home. Like we don't need this. We we don't need it. Um, but, you know, I get it. People are get, starting to get, and then it's hot. So people want to go out, you know? I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a little difficult this weekend. I think everybody was just fed up a little bit. So that's why I was like, okay, let's go somewhere. We went to pick up food and, um, and we took a walk. But I think it's hitting people now. Now, now that even the kids, I feel like now even the kids are just yeah. like over it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But I was also thinking that today when I heard the governor and he was like scolding people for going out, I was like, oh, fine. We have to stay home. You know, like we can't. Well, also because there were like so many photos of the beaches being so packed and, you know, I just don't, I mean, I, I'm no one to judge. I mean, honestly, like at this point, like you said, everybody just wants to get out and the weather of being, I mean, it was 97 degrees. Yeah. Like it just does not help. Yeah, like you would go outside and you couldn't even breathe. So it is. So you know, it's hot. I mean, it's hot, and it's you know, it's just. And I just think about. I mean, there's. I I was just thinking about like where we used to live. Um, you know, before we moved into this home, and my husband and I, and how there was like zero AC, and you know, when would it get so hot and musty, and then being that with children crying, like, yeah, you just don't want to be home. Like you yeah. know, you just. Um, so yeah, it's understandable that people want to go and you know just out, yeah, um, under a tree and just you know eat ice cream and you know it's 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 very it's it's very it's been very very difficult for everybody. For I mean, everybody. for everybody. For everybody. Um, I think we're at that stage that we're fed up. And today I had um, a session with my therapist. Uh-huh. And, and and she was saying, no, I know. She was like, it's, you know, we're talking about the same, the stages of grief. She was like, yeah, you know, people get over it and then you feel good the next week. And then the, maybe the week after you go back crazy again. But it's like, you just have to ride with whatever's happening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it's, it's hard. It, it's, it, it's hard dealing with the kids at the same, all of them, because they're, cranky and they're angry and they're fighting and you know yeah and in every you know and in every stage is different you know I mean I have friends that have teenagers and they're like you don't know what it's like to be quarantined with a 13 year old girl like you do not want to have that happen to <laughs> you. and I'm like oh you're right he's like oh everything I say is just like just that's it it's just like fighting constantly because this 13 year old girl you know and, and I get it like imagine like you know with social yeah. media and you being at home with your parents and like not being able to see your boyfriend or whatever, you know, at 13 years old and want to be on the phone all the time or, you know, it's just, I can, I, yeah, it's been a very long time and we still have like three more weeks to go in Los Angeles. Yeah. Cause and, um, it's and so, maybe, maybe more, who knows, maybe you more, know, maybe more after this weekend, you know, I mean, and it's, it's funny because the teenagers that I saw were the ones that were not wearing masks. They were going in groups. They were like skating. And yeah. I, was, I, I get it. You know, they're just like, I don't care. I don't, I'm, I'm, everybody's done. Yeah, they're rebelling. And they're just like, they're rebelling. They're, yeah. they're like, that's, they're, that's, that's just how they're responding to what's happening. You know, like you try to tell a 14 year old girl what to do at this point after being sure. quarantined, you know, I can't like, even tell my two year old what to do at this point. She's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will say that one thing that has really like changed been a game changer for us 
that um, I kind of had this like epiphany last week. That it, again, I only have one child, so it's very different. I'm in a very, very different position than he is five years old. This is for my moms who have one five-year-old at home. Um, my sons, we have it's for enforced in this home by law that at 7 p.m. Eduardo heads to, heads to bed. Like at 7 p.m. he goes to bed. He's asleep by like 8.15. Like between 8 and 8.30, like he falls asleep. Yesterday he fell asleep exactly at 8 p.m. My husband and I were like, yes. So that has been very, very, like just a game changer for us. He, he's been sleeping 11 hours. He wakes up in a great mood. He's been eating better. He hasn't been as anxious. Um, so we have noticed a huge difference in his attitude now that he's going to sleep early. And um, I took my own advice of setting an alarm at 7 p.m., even if the sun's out. Because, uh, he, you know, he's like, but the sun's out. I was like, yeah, but it's 7 p.m. And that's the time we go downstairs. So 7 p.m., we go to the room. Uh, we close the blinds. And my husband gets in bed with him, reads him a book. And by 8 p.m., he's asleep. And we have, my husband and I have like three hours of alone time for ourselves. And he's asleep. Um, and, you know, I go to sleep around, you know, 10, 11. And he wakes up at 7 in the morning. And it's yeah. been, I mean, he's, he's sleeping 11 hours. And that has helped so much just for my own sanity. Because now I know that schedule goes until 7. Yeah. Um, so for anybody that can implement that at home, I highly suggest it. Uh, and it's not about whether it's light or dark. Like now I'm like, it's seven. Like, that's it. And, you know, we only do TV in the morning and then like no TV in the evening. And that has been also great for us. Um, and we have stuck to it for the past week. Hopefully that like, we continue. Um, so he's back in his like, own bed. No, no, no. He's in my bed. Oh, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't done, I'm taking it steps. I'm taking it by steps. So he's in my bed. We go in my bed at seven. Oh, okay. Go in together at seven as a family. And then do, while my husband is reading to him, I get to read my book. Yeah. Um, so like at eight, he's like sleep and we're like, cool, let's go upstairs. So oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. That's good. I, yeah. I mean, I need to, I mean, they're not, they're not, I mean, they're not sleeping at eight like they were, but they are, they're going to sleep like at nine now. Um, but there, I mean, uh, there were some days where they were trying to sleep with me. Um, but now I realize everybody's in their own room and I get, you know, I already gave in into the whole Krista needs her own room situation. Um, because there's no fights at night. She, She's she's grown so much. Um, yeah, she she needs her own room. I she, mean, she's, she doesn't she, need her own room. She's privileged to have her own room. But I could see she's the oldest. You know, like I could see that. Well, yeah. yeah, and she's not even in her own room. She's like in a couch in my office. But you know, she's like she has. She actually put a little table. I don't know. Uh -huh. She reminded me so much of mom. You know, like she put her little table. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you. She put her little table and she put like her little books and a little flower. <laughs> she put a little, like, like, so, you know, whenever she goes to bed, she's like, okay, good night, mom. And then she leaves her eye because she needs to read. She reads, she writes her journal at night. And then when I come in, she's already sleeping. Like an old lady. She is like, she's growing up so much. But so I'm like, fine, you got your own room. And so now Sabina, you know, she's not scared. And then the baby's always slept on her own room. So, that's easy. I'm like, okay, let's go to bed. Everybody goes to their own bed and I avoid. No, that's fight. good. No, I mean, I haven't, I haven't started to fight the fight over his own room situation. I mean, they, they, we do sleep. Uh, sometimes we sleep in the living room on the weekends when at night we watch a movie at night and we all fall asleep over there. But like during the week. See, but even like weekends, like this weekend, my husband was like, well, even Friday and Saturday, he should go to sleep at seven. Well, eight, but we say seven because at seven is when we go downstairs. And I'm like, Yes, that's especially when he needs to go to bed, especially on weekends. Um, just because we need to, like, once we establish the habit, then we can kind of modify it. But I think, like, right now it's so important to yeah. like, stick to it. Um, and if one parent's not in it, then, like, it's just not going to work, you know? Well, she only does that. They, they go to, well, it's only Friday because Saturday is my girls' night out with my friends. 
And yeah. no, they need to be in bed before, you know, I, I do that. It's in, I think it's my, I highly recommend it to girls who can do that because mm -hmm. it's just like, I mean, we have so much fun and it's on the Zoom. It's so dumb, but you know, we, um, we have a few drinks, we listen to music, we dance. This, this Saturday we went to sleep at three in the morning. Okay. Three oh in the morning. Oh my God, that's so fun. It's, it's fun. And then uh, we just, I don't know. And so now this weekend we're going to do, what are we going to do? <laughs> this weekend we're going to do the, uh, the savanna. Have you seen like when people are like dressing up? So now we're like, okay, let's do it. Like dumb things. But it's just, it, it's, it's a break from whatever's happening. And, and that's it's fun. fun. And it's that's fun. fun. Saturdays they go to sleep at eight because mom needs to get ready. I need to clean the house and leave everything ready so then I can get ready for my for my night with Oh, my that's nice. I should do that. <laughs> you should. Um, <laughs> yeah, I should. Uh, all right. So is that your supernova pick a tip of the week? Yes, that. And if you guys are already desperate, do the messenger kits. It's actually pretty cool for the kids. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, mine is going to be a couple shows. I know a lot of people are yeah. like watching. Uh, stuff on Netflix. Uh, one for the kids. Um, my husband, my husband and I, my child and I, uh, are now doing like every morning. We're having cereal in the couch, which we never really eat in the couch. He's not allowed to, but now we're doing cereal. And mommy, like that's gonna be. It's kind of like our morning things. Like for thirty minutes, him and I watch cartoons and eat our cereal together. So I'm starting to see like what he and like actually get involved in watching cartoons with him to see like what he likes <clears throat> uh which actually it's a great bonding experience i don't know if moms already do that or not i never did i was always kind of like you do you and i do me and you're watching your cartoons and i'm doing this but um spending 30 minutes doing something with like watching it with him is actually has been really good for our relationship for me and my son but um he's watching the cute the cutest show it's each episode is about 15 minutes so you can watch two episodes for 30 minutes it's called hello ninja it's oh i've seen it cute. it's on it. netflix it's on netflix it's really cute it's a great show for kids like it's it's imaginative it's fun um so he's been watching hello ninja and another show that's really good for kids it's called archibald it's mm. from dreamworks uh and we really my husband and him watch that and it's 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 really smart and really funny and we like those two shows. Um, Are they both on Netflix? Yes, they're both on Netflix. And I'm just really happy with 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 that content. Because um, I know for a while we were just like staying away from Netflix um, and only doing Disney Plus. But now that I have parental guidance and I have that ability to just take away shows that I didn't like, now I feel confident with him being on Netflix all the time. Um, but those two shows are really great for kids. And then for an adult, I just finished watching, it's six, there's a six episode limited series on Netflix too. It's called Waco. What is that super about? Super hardcore. It's super hardcore. Super hardcore. Like the last episode, I don't know why. I mean, I, I was like, babe, I'm getting anxiety like forward. And he was like, no, just one. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, but it's, it's super interesting because it's a true story about this guy i forgot his first name but his last name's koresh oh and yeah he, david david koresh yes david koresh waco texas yeah waco oh, texas yeah. oh shoot i'm gonna watch it i never heard of him what and no oh, and my husband's like yeah it's this guy who created a cult yes and uh, he had all these people brainwashed yes. and it's true story and i was they like kill themselves right or did they Oh, I don't know. You have uh, to watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and it's based on two books. One of the books was written by the lead negotiator of the entire thing with FBI. And the second book was written by one of the survivors inside the house. Oh, so they I think I think they combined both books for the series uh, because in the, in the beginning, that's what it says based on these two books. But it's, it's extremely sad, but it's really, it's, it's, I love limited series because it's kind of like a very long movie, very well made. 
Again, I never heard of this David Koresh guy. I never even heard of it. I thought the, the show was called Wacko. I was like, <laughs> Wacko? And my husband's like, yeah, it's a true story about this guy who's crazy. I'm like, oh, okay, true story. I love that stuff. Um, so I started watching it. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah. oh, Waco, Texas. Yeah. yeah. Got it. I mean, you um, know, I used to be so into those things back in back in my normal life <laughs> oh well like um conspiracy theories and things like that yeah it's very no, like you know mystery murder you know all those things so. yeah but, yeah right but it's 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 like people you just have to yeah, I don't want I mean, any spoilers. Only, i've only seen the dateline edition of it so i'm sure i'm gonna watch this and one. it's just so interesting because it makes you wonder what the press says and what people are experiencing are completely different things yeah you know and like and it makes you wonder about like what the press has to say about things and what people live and how you learn about news. I, I don't know. It was, it, it really, it hit me. And I was like, Oh my God. Afterwards I had to watch like three episodes of insecure just to like wash my brain. Oh, I was going to tell you, you watching insecure. Hey! I have. <laughs> Hello handsome. Look at this handsome man. Hi, pretty boy. Welcome. You smell good. He he wears perfume every night. He wears cologne every night. Hola, mi amor. What are you, what are you wearing today? Mm. Did you just take a shower? Oh, the lavender. Yeah, he just took a shower. Me too. Yeah. He, uh, he has his swimming class with his dad every day at five. Nice, nice. Um, I'm going to watch it for sure. For sure. Yeah, but wait goes great. Um, and yeah, but that's my super mad pick of the week. And I hope you guys enjoyed. And for those of you who are feeling a funk today, we have a great episode for you, right, Paulina? Yes. So this week on the show, um, we have my life coach. Um, I unfortunately, I've unfortunately have haven't been coaching with him for the past year. But um, you guys who have been longtime listeners remember how much he made an impact in my life. How much I appreciate this man. Um, he helped me so much in reaching just, of, I think it was a combination of therapy and life coaching. He was really incredible um, to me. I met him after, I actually never met him, but I learned about him and got introduced to him through the Tony Robbins, um, uh, after we went to life with destiny mm -hmm. and I signed up for the Tony Robbins coaching. But since then he's left Tony Robbins, he started his own, uh, coaching business um, but he's a lifelong martial artist, uh, entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, coach, philosopher, and husband. Uh, Victor's professional coaching journey blossomed while working for the largest coaching platform in the world, which is Tony Robbins, where we met. And within his first two years, he quickly rose to be ranked the number one coach in the company out of 120 coaches wow. based on client feedback. And he was known as the turnaround expert. Um, which also, I'm telling you, I, I was so blessed to have been connected with him. He's so smart and philosophical. And the thing I liked about working with him is that he wasn't, we, he wasn't about like, okay, here are the three things you need to do for next week and tell me what your goals are. And just having someone to be accountable to, it was more of like, let's dig into the, how we can change your mindset as opposed to. Tell me what you want to achieve in the next two weeks, you know, right, right, which right. worked for me. Um, I know it works different people work for different things. Um, but now um, on the show, he's going to teach us about Zen stoic philosophy, which is something that he, that he um, kind of coined, which is a hybrid of Zen Buddhism and stoicism that he pioneered and modified for modern age. Uh, as the founder of Zen stoic, he offers clarity, mindfulness, an insight on how to best navigate the unique personalities personalities of his students. He's also the host of the Zen Stoic Podcast, which I highly recommend. Um, and for those of you who um, can work with him, I highly recommend it. You guys will hear the interview. Without further ado, here is your interview with life coach and Zen Stoic expert and pioneer, Victor Spiritz. Hola, Supermamas. With all the craziness around us, we have to be super creative right now and figure out ways to celebrate each other, celebrate life, celebrate the day, anything at all. And El Chisme has it that I Love Micheladas has just the thing for you. 
they have come up with the perfect celebration pack. I mean, what is better than receiving Michelada mix, Mexican candy, hot Cheetos, and a bunch of other goodies delivered right on your doorstep? Head over to ilovemicheladas.com right now and find any reason to celebrate yourself, your friends, anything at all. Use the code SUPERMAMAS at checkout for an extra 15% discount on your whole purchase. Don't forget to share your celebration pictures with us and enjoy, sisters! Hi, Victor! Hello! How are you? Oh, we're so good. I'm so happy that yeah, we were able to get you on. I think I've been talking about you for the past few years since we started doing our coaching. Mm-hmm. I know we're not coaching anymore. Uh, we stopped, I think, like about a year ago. Um, but I talk so much about you to all our listeners and to my sister. And I think it's <laughs> such a perfect time for you to come in and give us some incredible words of encouragement Please. and change your mindset. Um, Excellent. I know that you and I had a phone call about three weeks ago where you kind of snapped me out of my funk, which, you know, I'm super thankful. And, um, you know, I know we have been in quarantine for over a month now. Um, so all of us have gone through kind of our ups and downs and through a grieving period. And, you know, I think now a lot of us are eager to get out or, you know, trying to figure out what, what's next. So, but before we get started, um, I want to talk a little bit about you and maybe well, let you talk about yourself, <laughs> introduce yourself, um, uh, tell us what you do, what your podcast is about, because you do all have a podcast as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Tell okay, us awesome. Well, yourself. thank you both for having me on the Super Mamas podcast. I've been hearing about this podcast for years through Bricia, and this is such an honor to be on here. It's so cool how things come full circle. So I'm really, really excited to be here. And especially to be able to interact with your listeners through this episode of the podcast. So thank you again for having me on. Uh, so my name is Victor Pierantoni. I run a company called Zen Stoic. Zen Stoic is a hybrid philosophy between Zen Buddhism and Stoicism. So for the listeners out there who don't know what those philosophies are, Zen Buddhism is a Japanese sect of Buddhism that prioritizes on meditation and being here in the present moment. It's nothing special, nothing crazy. It's just simply your mind and body being in the same place at once. Mm. And that's normally achieved through meditation or different meditative activities. Stoicism, on the other hand, is all about rationality, perspective, and logic. And it comes from ancient Greece. Uh, The way that Stoicism was actually developed was during a tough time. It was a philosophy that came out of adversity where there's a man named Zeno. And Zeno was a merchant and his ship was wrecked in a storm. And so he developed this philosophy of stoicism, which is all about focusing on what you can control so that you can get a hold of your emotions. It also shows us that when we focus on the things that we can't control, that's when we do damage to ourselves mentally and emotionally. And when we operate rationally with perspective and logic, and we don't allow our emotions to take a hold of us, that's when we can live a good life and also fulfill civic duties of making sure that we're a good person to the people around us. So I basically took those two philosophies that had impacted me so much and brought them together into what is called Zen Stoicism. Is that, and, what, is that what people say, oh my God, you're so Zen? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's usually why people would say something like that. <laughs> but I would say, I mean, that, that would come from anytime somebody's like, oh my God, you're so Zen. I would say it comes from the whole overall mission of what I I. I I'm pursuing with Zen Stoicism, which is essentially, it's, it's about taking timeless wisdom to create inner peace no matter what life throws at you. And this, for me, came from a place, I mean, I would say that it's been in the making since I was seven years old. When I was seven years old, I had the greatest pain of my life, which was the loss of my mother to cancer. Now, this is a devastating situation for anybody to experience, but at seven years old, it's you, you start to learn that the world isn't safe, that the world's uncertain, that everything you have and everyone you love can be taken from you in a flash. And there is no sense of fairness in terms of that feeling. So for me, it was most of my life, I lived thinking that life was unfair. I lived thinking that I was a victim and why did this happen to me? But one thing that I realized out of that particular uh, experience of my life is that All of our greatness, creativity, and excellence come from the channeling of our pain from our past. 
because all that pain is, is just emotional energy. And when my mom passed away, it taught me to live in a way where I could be present in the moment and have a sense of inner peace, but simultaneously be prepared for anything life could possibly throw at me. And there's this Japanese proverb that I always share with people, which it, it kind of encompasses what I'm, what I'm trying to do with Zen Stoicism. And the proverb goes like this. It's a Japanese samurai master and his apprentice. The samurai master is teaching his apprentice the ways of being a samurai and learning how to battle. And the apprentice one day goes, you know, you teach me all these things about fighting, yet at the same time, you're telling me to live a life of peace. Wouldn't it be better if I just sat here in the garden and tended to the plants? Wouldn't that be a more tranquil and peaceful existence? And the master simply replied, replied to him, yes, it would be, but it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And that experience of my mom's mm. death taught me that. That's true. That's true. I love so that. in a nutshell, that's, that's, that's where, what, what I'm about. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, it's so, what you said about not letting your emotions or not focusing, focusing on what you control, I think that is the most important thing. When, when all of this started a month ago already, mm-hmm. I think um, I made a decision to kind of control what I, focus on what I could control, which was, whatever was inside my home, you know, my schedule with my children, you know, working out, doing things that I could control because I was going crazy trying to control, quote unquote, what was happening around me. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, a month later, we still know that no one really has control over what's happening. And I was, I think the first two weeks of um, this whole crisis was um, was fighting with myself on, but I have to like, but things have to move on. I have to go on as normal, like as normal, you know. And mm. so fighting with that thought of, you know, what you can and can control, it's always been an issue. Uh, I think for a lot of people, right? Yes, I would say the majority of our stress, or if if not all of our stress, comes from attempting to control the uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. And the more of those items you fill your head with the worse the overwhelm and anxiety gets. Yeah, for sure. Fighting with anxiety. I, I, I've been fighting with anxiety and for a year. So it, it was, mm-hmm. it was, I think it was a good, it was a wise choice on my part because I, now looking back at those two weeks, mm-hmm. I feel that I made the right choice. <laughs> yes, I would say so as well. Yeah, <laughs> That's definitely the best thing to focus on, especially during a time where there's not a lot we can control, but there's a, there's a few things that will make all the difference. Definitely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the importance of having structure mm-hmm. and um, accountability um, with each, uh, you know, to ourselves. Um, and also, I want to maybe touch a little bit about on one of um, one of the things that you that you taught me, um, mm-hmm. and it's about clearing your. I. I I'm really bad at explaining what you tell me. I mean, like, I make sense in my mind a lot of the time. <laughs> it's all in, that's to, the only place it needs yeah. to make sense. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, but every time I try to say it, I'm like, it doesn't really sound like he says it, but it makes sense <laughs> to me. Um, but about um, decision, decision fatigue and how clear your mind allows you to make wiser decisions every single day. And um, I want to talk about those three things because I think right now, because um well, I'm going to speak just from my from my point of view, from from, mm-hmm. more, from what I am experiencing personally, is that sometimes because I have a child at home, my husband's working, uh, and if I have you know two hours of to work, three hours of work, during those two to three hours that I can focus on work, my mind wants to do a thousand things mm-hmm. because I you know it's like I do this this, and then before I know the time's over, and then I have to attend to my son, and then I have to make lunch, and it's. It's like, oh, and then I have to clean. And it just becomes like very, you try to achieve so much, yet you feel kind of constraining your own thoughts. So I want to talk yes. a little bit about accountability structure and advice that you can give moms who feel the same way. Because, I mean, I have one son and my sister, I don't know how she does it with three, with three daughters. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know a lot of different moms are out there feeling that overwhelmness of, I have to be here with my kids. Um, you know, they, I, ha- you know, I, the school's still going on uh, through Zoom. I, my son doesn't have any Zoom classes, so I have to be that teacher uh, mm-hmm. during dur- during a time frame. But at the same time, you know, 
still pushing forward to for my business. So, I, you know, it feels a little bit overwhelming at times. I, I think I'm not alone in this. So I would mm-hmm. love to know a little bit more of like how you think moms or people who are going through what I'm going through right now can approach our situations. Absolutely. The, um, it's interesting that you asked that because I have a few clients who are moms and we've gone through this exact thing in the recent weeks, especially with everything going on and them staying home with their kids. Yeah. And I'll start this off before we even go into structure. It's one thing to, to tell moms out there that, hey, you should have a structure, you should have a routine, and then also take care of all the things you normally take care of, plus watching the kids and all that. And while that sounds like it, it makes sense uh, on paper, the reality is it's a lot crazier than that in the experience. Yeah. And it's important to acknowledge this first before we even go into structure is that if you think about the mentality of being a mom, now I'm not a mom. I don't know if you, you have noticed, but I'm not, <laughs> but at least something that I learned from, from my mom and my aunts and grandmothers is that there is this innate des- need, not even desire, but a need to to give and to be generous and to, and to always provide this, ex, this nurturing experience. And what is important to remember is that sometimes these moms will get into a place where they are giving, 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 giving so much that they forget about themselves. And there is a, there's a, an inherent flaw to this mentality. And the flaw is that you must remember that you are the source of all the good that you do for your children and your family. And if the source is tapped out, if you run out, there's nothing left good to give. When you're burnt out, when you have that decision fatigue, like you were discussing before, it's really difficult to be able to give in a situation like this because you are not able to access your full capacity of generosity, of compassion, of love, of intelligence, the same way that you would if you were in a place where your soul was being nourished and your heart was full because you were also making sure that the source was taken care of. So this is one of the important uh, one of the important reasons that we have structure in that in a time like this when there's uncertainty you can control the structure of what you you need to do for yourself. So when I say structure, something like you and I Bricio, what we what we discuss is when you wake up every morning, you want to know what are the the things, the the activities that the experiences that you need to get into for yourself that will allow you to feel alive, that will allow you to feel full and nourished from a, an emotional and mental standpoint. So that could be a, a variety of different things. That could be making sure that you get your morning workout or you do a morning walk or a morning meditation, or maybe you just sit and have coffee or tea outside before the day starts, before the kids get up. And it's about taking that moment to really prime yourself for this type of experience to bring yourself back into that present moment, have a pause so that you're able to give all of yourself so that you're able to operate at your highest level of contribution for your kids and your family. And so when I say have a structure, it's not, it's not necessarily the same for everybody. You want to think, what are the things that make me feel alive? What are the things that make me feel productive and allow me to operate at my highest level of contribution? And again, that's different for every person. But normally it falls in in the neighborhood of doing something that makes you feel at peace, like meditation or yoga, or just enjoying your coffee, for instance, something that maybe allows your body to move like an exercise, a workout, a walk, a run, uh, yoga, any of that type of stuff. And then something that makes you feel a sense of productivity. So the way I, I normally have people structure this yeah, in terms of my coaching clients, is I, I help them guide the day with five questions. And these five questions, if you add some element of this into your day and you work or work your servicing of your family and your kids around these five questions, you'll you'll be in a position where you're essentially putting on your oxygen mask first so that you're able to put the oxygen mask on everybody else that you love. And the five questions start like this. The first one is what is the big win for today? Now, the reason why I say the big win, this doesn't have to be a professional win. This doesn't have to be something that has anything to do with work. Whatever your big win is for the day is like the thing that if this is all you got done, 
you'd be happy with the day. You could, you could let the rest of the day go and be lazy and procrastinate, but you did that one thing that was important to you. So it is the number one priority for the day. Could be something simple, could be personal or professional. Let's say your current goal or your current priority is fitness and health. Then maybe your big win is your morning workout, but let's say it's work, right? That's your big priority right now. Maybe your big mm-hmm. win is creating a document for your staff of what to do in this situation, whatever it may be for you. The second line of questioning is what must I do to grow? What must I do to, to feel as though I'm making progress? In this particular list, you want no more than one to three things. One to three items that allow you to feel like you're making progress in life as a whole, either personal or professional. The next question is, what needs to be done for life to function? These are maintenance items. So these I say up to five. This is like what you would call your to-do list. So these are the things, maybe doing school with your kids. Maybe this is cooking a meal for your family. Maybe this is doing some stuff around the house that's, that's needed in this moment. So this, this is the life maintenance section. The next line of questioning is, what will I do to sharpen my axe today? Now, this comes from a story. This particular question comes from this story where there's a story of a lumberjack who is the best lumberjack the world has ever seen. On his team, the average amount of trees that gets chopped down is eight every week, and he does 12. And so, and he doesn't just do this because he's talented, but he really works hard at this. So he, every week, week after week, he's doing 12 trees. And then one week he does 10 and he's like, I don't know what's going on, but you know, maybe I just had an off week. The following week he does eight. Now he's getting worried because he's average and he doesn't see himself that way. And then the following week after that, he does six. So he's below average and he's worried, he's nervous, and he's walking up to the foreman and the foreman stops him and says, when's the last time you sharpened your ax? So the reason why we want to look at a question like this is when's mm. the last time we did something to either challenge ourselves or make us, make us better in some way. So this is a task that's often a daily challenge to yourself. Could be a workout, could be learning a new concept, reading a new book to expand yourself and learn. And just something that, to make you feel like you're, you're making the vessel of you better each day. And then the last question is, what, what do I want to do that brings me joy? Prioritizing that sense of leisure and joy and doing something that's fun that puts a smile on your face. So if we go through those questions and you architect your day around that and allow that to guide it, it's very different than a mom out there feeling like, am I doing enough? Am I contributing enough? Am I doing enough for my kids? Am I, am I doing the right thing? They're not doing what I say they should be doing, but it, and, and it puts all this unnecessary pressure. But if you see, if you put your oxygen mask on first and you, you can use these five questions if they resonate with you, you'll find a lot more peace to your day, a lot more tranquility because you have these pillars that you are in control of. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I love that. And I also want to, sorry, but I, I want to talk. I also want to ask because I, I think I, I spoken to you about that question. Am I enough? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a question that Paulina also struggles with, right, Paulina? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that like, am I doing enough? Are we doing enough? And I remember I, I asked you about that and you had a great answer about what was wrong with that question. <laughs> yes. So if you, if you think about any question that you could ask yourself, especially during an uncertain time. If I ask the que- if I have to ask, am I doing enough? What do I already need to believe in order to even ask the question? That you're not doing enough. Correct. Because you're questioning it. Right? So you don't believe you're doing enough in the first place. And every question that we ask has a presupposed belief behind it. We have to believe something already to even generate the question mentally. So if you are operating from the standpoint of I'm not doing enough, no matter how much you do, will never feel as though you're doing enough. And thus, it'll start to build and build and build upon itself and feel like a sense of overwhelm, that you're working so hard, but no matter what you do, you're still not doing enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's the concern with that question. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll never, I actually, so funny because I recently heard the interview with Oprah and J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, 
even J-Lo asks her, herself that question every day. Mm-hmm. Am I enough? Am I doing enough? And I was like, well, you never, you'll never, you will never, because once you get to that point, you want to like go, you know, more and more and more and more. And you're, you're never fulfilled when you start yes. asking that question. You will never get there. Right? No, you won't because it, 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 it doesn't lead you down that path, yeah. right? It, it leads you. It's, it's a, like an endless staircase that you just keep climbing, climbing, climbing. You never get to the top. So what is the right question? to ask yourself. So the right question I would say depends on what it is that you're trying to create. So not behind every question we have a, a presupposed belief, but we also have what is called a positive intention. Behind every question, behavior or thing that we say, there is a positive or self-serving intention. So the self uh, the positive intention behind the question am I doing enough is usually somewhere in the neighborhood of wanting to do enough, wanting to care, wanting to give, wanting to be there for those that we love, mm-hmm. wanting to do our best. So the, the intention itself is a good one. It's a positive one. It's one that we can appreciate. So to come up with the right question, we need to ask ourselves, can we meet that original intention with our new question? Because that's what we're trying to get. One of the reasons why if people find it so difficult to change thoughts, patterns, behaviors, is because they never go to the root and appreciate why they're doing something in the first place. And most people judge themselves for the wrong behaviors or wrong questions instead of appreciate. And judgment creates stagnation, whereas appreciation creates movement and progress. Mm. So that's the first thing we got to do is we got to acknowledge the intention. And once that, that can be done, then you can generate a new question. So for example, Brisi, I don't know if you want to share your question um, from that conversation that we had. (laughs) Uh, I think my question was, uh, I forgot my question. To be honest with you. <laughs> I remember I it. Down it you it's okay. I, I remember question. it. <laughs> I had a okay. really good question. Yes. So Brisa came up with an awesome question <laughs> and the question that acknowledged that original intention that she had come up with was what can I do today that will allow me to operate at my highest level of contribution for the people that I love? Damn, she came up with that? Wow, Bristia. <laughs> I did. Obviously, I'm not really practicing it. Otherwise, I would know that question. She, no, she's no, doing it so much that she forgot I'm the words. So no, no, I think that I know, but that question really helped me because when I get up, I think, okay, what it, it is the, like the highest level of contribution to the day, right? So mm-hmm. what are the three things that I can do that I can contribute the most to yes. the bigger purpose as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, am I doing enough? Which was my other question that I used to have, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning and all this, which led me to my breakdown. So I think it was really about what are, you know, how can I best contribute? What are the things that I can best contribute to today mm-hmm. that can push us forward? I actually yes. have a question and I never, I mean, I, I have a question and I, and I haven't read it in a while. And so right now that I was like, oh my God, it's right on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you my question. It says, how can I appreciate even more all my greatness and all the love and blessings God and others give me with a grateful heart so that I am able to inspire and contribute to everyone that enters into my life? That's, yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and a question that presupposes some really awesome beliefs. Like there is yes. greatness to appreciate around yes. you. I, I need to, I, I, I have that. I have my, my, my life statement, all of that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, I already have that. I don't obviously say yes. it. Well, really. it's, it, it, well, today is the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. But also, I think that's really, that's also really important to bring up because I think that a lot of people may think that once you have it, that's it. Yeah. Like, mm. here's, here's the answer. Live your life great, and that's not the way it works. You have to just remember and work on it every single day. Yeah. You know, like I just um, yesterday I was journaling, and I and I caught myself. I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't journaled in like four days. So it's and it's and it's about not about not about making yourself feel bad for not doing it, but okay. And I think that's another thing that you taught me, Victor, was mm-hmm. um, let's just let's just pick up from today on and let's build on today and not worry about what we didn't do. Yes. It, that's a really, really important one. I, it's, it's a question I stress so much in coaching, uh, especially because it's not about like when I say like 
what was great or what were your wins when we start a conversation? That type of question is not about being peppy and positive, although it does have that effect, but that's just a, a benefit to it or, or a byproduct of it. The reality of that question and what Bricio is just saying now is that you cannot build on struggle and failure, but you can build on progress and success. You can build on where you are right now. And that's, that's the place that we want to acknowledge ourselves because if there was, if there was one word that could define how you solve all problems, the word is practice. Mm -hmm. And every day you're showing up and you're practicing. And one thing that I really love about Zen is this, and this is where it differs from a lot of the self-help and personal development out there is that Zen is all about making practice the goal. We have goals and they're great. But goals are all about direction, not about self-validation. And we can have a direction, but it's about falling in love with the process towards that goal, walking that path and enjoying that path and the people on it. And if we can do that, that's us practicing. We're just showing up. True, true, true. So what are some practical ways that uh, the moms that don't have a question, don't know where to start, like, and, you know, right now with everything happening, what are some practical ways that somebody can make, take one step closer to getting to be fulfilled and happy and present right now? And then stoic. Zen stoic. <laughs> to be zen stoic. <laughs> in the middle of this chaos, because, you know, it's true what you're saying. You know, I, I have three kids, like, So in the morning, my baby got burned in the stove and I was like, oh my God, I'm the worst mother in the world, but I was trying to make breakfast and, you know, and then I had to go to work and then I have, you know, it's, and then I'm carrying that the whole day because I'm like, that that sucked. I I fell today. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just, I can't, you know, it's just so much happening right now. So what are some practical ways to bring the, bring yourself back to a good place, you know, in the middle of the storm? Yes. So one of the ways to bring yourself back is to understand the underlying mentality that is best suited for a time like this. Mm -hmm. And the underlying mentality, at least that I have, is that everything is an opportunity. Whether or not I take that opportunity is up to me. I can allow it to destroy me or I can allow it to define me. And we can do that with different moments of our day. So when I'm teaching somebody meditation for the first time, one thing that I'm normally teaching them is when you meditate, the goal is not to just have a, a, a blank mind with no thoughts. Where a lot of people think they're bad at meditation because they think I can't have no thoughts, so I'm bad at this and it's not for me. That's my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most people, that's how they feel about meditation. But the real exercise of meditation is not about having a blank mind. A real exercise is recognizing when you don't and then coming back to your breathing each time. And every time you're meditating, you're focusing on your breathing and then you start thinking about something else like, man, I wish I could have a haircut right now because it's been all this time. Oh, wait, I'm meditating. Let me come back here. And every time you do that, most people, when they catch themselves thinking of something other than what they're supposed to be doing, will beat themselves up for it. But that's actually a moment of acknowledgement hey, I noticed this thing went off the rails. Let me come back. So like you were describing, Paulina, in any of those situations where something doesn't go your way, these are moments to recognize and acknowledge yourself for noticing like, hey, that's not right. Let me bring it back every time. It's not about always being in the most positive mood ever, but being able to recognize when we're not and come back. So in terms of practical ways, one of the practical ways to look at this scenario is to start with what I call, what I like to call taking inventory of your assets, which is three questions. Number one, what can I control right now? And normally when you ask that question, it's a lot fewer items than we like to think. So our perception, our words, our actions, that's really it. Now we can look at that as a bad thing, or we can really use those because that is going to shape the way we experience each and every day, the way we experience any one moment or any one person. So first, what can I control? Secondly, what do I have right now that I can use in this situation? And it's accessing 
the resources that you actually have versus thinking or wishing that you had other resources. It does nobody any good to wish that they had a mask when they don't have a mask. If they want to go outside, for instance, and what do I have? If let's say my outcome is to to have a, a face mask so I can go outside, what do I have? Well, I have some old t-shirts. I have some some things that I can cut up and fashion a mask of. That would be a mentality of focusing on what you do have versus what you don't. And then third, what are my strengths that I that I could be using right now? And many people they focus on their weaknesses, the things they don't have, the things they can't control, the mistakes they've made not on the things that they're strong and that they can really contribute in this moment. Got it. Perfect. Well, thank you. Any other questions you have, Risa? Oh my God. I had one. And then I started writing this asset inventory. Cause I went, Oh, I wanted, that's right. So I wanted to say, um, when you were talking about bring your mind back of mm-hmm. meditation, I remember you and I had a conversation once about, not having control of your mind, but mm-hmm. doing like an activity every day that you're telling your brain, no, I'm in control. We're doing this. Even though you're telling me we're not, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for a lot of people right now, that like I've heard it's even like showering every day. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, I, like for me, every, I always end my shower with like one minute of really cold, like cold water. Mm-hmm. And it's that's the battle I have with my brain every day, where I I always tell myself, well, maybe not today, because like, what's the what's the point of doing it today? And like, mm-hmm. as I'm as I'm finishing my warm shower, I'm like, uh, maybe I'll just skip the the cold one just for today. But then I always go back, and I'm like, no, 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 like, I'm we're I'm doing this. We're doing this today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always and I always do it. And I think like I like that's the way I practice my power over my doubt or how mm-hmm. like how I practice my power over my brain when I when my brain's telling me not to do something and I know that's maybe very small but I think a lot of people are struggling with that right now where they're like maybe today I won't shower maybe today I won't change maybe today I won't do this but you know if they can just overcome one thing every day or just kind of learn to take control over that over like that decision, I think mm-hmm. it could really translate into other parts of your life. Yes. So cold showers are a great way to do that. Um, that's actually my go-to to practice um, what you're saying, which that I heard this term on a video like a few weeks ago that I thought was a great term for it, where the cold showers are good for something called the flinch factor. The activities that you'd normally like, oh no, I don't want to do that. It's like, no, I'm going to go do it. And you're telling your brain, when I say we do something, we do something. And we don't give in to the doubt or the fear of doing that thing. The other thing, especially when it comes to like little things every day like that, like things as simple as getting dressed, doing your hair, showering every day. I mean, for a lot of people, they don't actually need to do that right now, technically speaking. But at the same time, think about what it feels like when you do those things for yourself when you do take the time in the morning to prepare yourself, if you leave yourself in pajama mode, then what you are saying to yourself unconsciously is like, I have nothing to do today. I have nothing to contribute. I'm just going to be here in my pajamas because whatever this, you know, this is how it is. Mm. And it's even for the sake of a person's mentality, it's really important to do the things that you would do even without this going on because this particular time in history does not have to dictate how, how you operate. I mean, it does in some ways because we can't control going outside or going to certain places that normally would be open, but it doesn't have to dictate how you feel about yourself. In fact, it's a great opportunity to maybe work on the things that you've always wanted to work on and never had a chance to. It may be an opportunity to really reflect and evaluate your habits and the things that maybe you've procrastinated on up until this point. And so doing things like the cold shower of just making that decision, doing things to, to, to express self-care, right? Showering, getting dressed, doing your hair, you know, making yourself healthy food. I mean, these are all things that are ways of expressing love to ourselves and respect to ourselves and saying to ourselves, I don't care what's going on. I'm not going to let it define me. 
and how I feel about me. And that would be, I would say, a way that you use things like the cold shower, like little habits day by day to make sure that you're maintaining a sense of self-love and respect every day. Awesome. Thank you so much, Victor. You're very, I appreciate very you taking the time today. Um, Bonnet, do you have any other questions? No, I just want to say, like, um, you know, where where can you where can we find more resources on what you do on your work? Where can moms find you? Ask your questions, become your clients. Absolutely. So um, you can always go and listen to my podcast, the Zen Stoic Podcast, where we actually release an episode every day. Um, on a different topic. And then every Saturday, we do an interview with amazing people like Bricia, who was on one of our episodes that's coming up. <laughs> um, my new website that's that should be out by the time this episode is out is zenstoic.com. You can find information there on Zen Stoicism, on our meditations, um, the different free resources that will be available. And and on Facebook, LinkedIn, Zen Stoic, just feel free to type it in. You'll find different content videos, all kinds of stuff. Perfect. Thank you so much, Victor. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic. No, of course. Awesome. Then that's your wife. Will do. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Bye. Hey, sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter, also at underscore supermamas and in el face at supermamas podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Calling to our hotline. 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and see you next week. Supermamas! Super